to the Moby Bar Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Movie Bar Podcast. I am your host, John, and this is the Average Movie Podcast for Average Movie Fans by Average Movie Fans. I am recording today's episode on June 4th, 2022, and this episode will drop on June 5th, 2022. The bar is now open. We're going to start with upcoming movies, which will be released on Friday, June 10th which would be Jurassic World Domination. I'm looking forward to this. I've enjoyed the other Jurassic Worlds. I was a big fan of Jurassic Park 1 and 2, not so much 3, but definitely looking forward to seeing how Jurassic Park and Jurassic World all tie together in this new movie. Um, Upcoming Blu-rays, which would be for Tuesday the 6th, uh, we have, I'm sorry, Tuesday the 7th, Uh, The Northman will be released on 4K and Blu-ray. It's also available on Peacock. Um, 2001's The Mexican is coming to Blu-ray. 2005 Kinky Boots is coming to Blu-ray. 1962's Lawrence of Arabia is coming to 4K. The Contractor is coming to 4K and Blu-ray. And the complete Jason Bourne collection is coming to 4K all those will be available at your local movie stores, Best Buy, Walmart, whatever. Um, as for movies I've watched this week, uh, it was a light week. I was busy celebrating Hunter's birthday last weekend. Uh, I watched Promising Young Woman, which is about a woman that her friend commits suicide after being raped at a party. Nobody believed her. She ends up killing herself. So then her friend goes and makes it her mission to seek revenge. I have to watch the movie to find out if she does. Um, very good movie. I enjoyed it. I'm surprised. Also, I watched Studio 666, the Foo Fighters movie that Kyle has spoken about in prior episodes. Uh, it was okay. A little too much slapstick comedy for me. <clears throat> but it was a good movie. Check it out. I also watched uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, I'm sorry, Jurassic World 2. Um, Hunter wanted to watch it since he saw commercials for the other Jurassic Park. So I said, sure, why not? And surprisingly, he watched it. Um, so that's all I watched last week. Uh, now it's time for the news. Uh Apparently, Neil Blumkamp says it a District 9 sequel is coming in the near future, according to BloodyDisgusting.com. John Squires is reporting that just over a year ago, director Neil Blumkamp had teased he was making progress on District 9 sequel, which is currently titled District 10. Blumkamp revealed in a tweet at the time that District 10 is currently being co-written by District 9 screenwriter Terry... Tatchell, along with star Charlito Copley. Um, Blumkamp told the website Dextro that he's still working on it, and the answer is it's within the near future. So, something to look forward to. See how long it takes for that to come. Um, John Squires from Bloody Discussing is also reporting that 
Dermot Mulroney joining the cast of Scream 6 um, with Melissa Barrara, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, Jenna Otega are all confirmed, along with Hayden Panettiere as Scream 4's Kirby. And now THR is reporting that Dermot Mulroney, M- Mulroney is the latest to sign on. He had recently appeared in such horror films as Insidious Chapter 3 and Uma, and is said to be playing a cop in the upcoming sixth installment of the Scream franchise. The Scream saga continues with the four survivors of the Ghostface killings as they leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh new chapter. No mention of the original legacy characters returning for Scream, though Courtney Cox did recently indicate she'll be back. Even still, it would seem that the focus is on new characters going forward and the idea of leaving Woodsboro behind is an interesting one that could take the franchise in a new direction. Um, at the helm are Radio Silence's Matt Betnali O'Plin and Tyler Gillett from Scream and Ready or Not with James Vanderbilt, Scream, Murder Mystery and Guy Busick from Scream and Ready or Not co-writing the screenplay so looking forward to this it's i know it's still a year out but i'm looking forward to seeing this and then lastly uh pennywise the story of it trailer has dropped it'll be a scream work a scream box original documentary and will premiere on july 26th the hotly anticipated documentary Pennywise, the story of it is coming exclusively to Bloody Disgusting's powered Screambox streaming service this summer, with Dread Central making the announcement this week that the doc will be opening in select theaters July 8th before releasing on VOD and Screambox on July 2022. It is an in-depth look at the 1990 miniseries based on Stephen King's novel, the film had its world premiere at Sitges International Fantastic Film Festival in Spain and its UK premiere at Fright Fest last fall before landing stateside for its US premiere at Panic Fest. Um, if you're in the Boston area, Pennywise, the story of it, will play Boston College, uh, Boston's Coolidge Corner Theater on July 8th and Columbus Theater in Providence, Rhode Island on July 9th and other theatrical engagements to be confirmed before releasing on VOD and Screenbox July 26th. So there you go. If you're in the Boston area, you're a fan of it and Pennywise, check online to see how to get tickets. Okay. So we're going to do something a little different than what we normally do. Normally we focus on horror movies. But I thought this this week we'll take it a different approach and we're going to talk about two of my favorite movies that aren't necessarily horror. We're going to... We have a whole over horizon of movies that we can discuss. Not just horror movies. Um, so this week we're going to be discussing um, Falling Down starring Michael Douglas and Training Day starring Denzel Washington. So I think it's time for the main topic of the week. We're going to start with Falling Down. Uh, the synopsis is, on the day of his daughter's 
birthday, William Defense Foster, played by Michael Douglas, is trying to get his estranged ex-wife, played by Barbara Hershey, get to his ex-wife's house to see his daughter. He has a breakdown, leaves his car in a traffic jam in Los Angeles, and decides to walk. Along the way, he stops at a convenience store and tries to get some change for a phone call, but the owner, Mr. Lee, played by Michael Paul Chan, does not give him change. This destabilizes William, who then breaks apart the shop with a baseball bat and goes on an isolated and goes to an isolated place to drink a coke. Two gangsters threaten him and he reacts by hitting them with the bat. Defense continues to walk and stops at a phone booth. The gangsters hunt him down with their gang and shoot him but crash their car. William goes nuts and takes the gym bag of weapons proceeding in his journey of rage against injustice. Meanwhile, Sergeant Martin Pendergraft, played by Robert Duvall, who is working on his last day before retirement, is following the, the wave of crimes and believes the same man is responsible, but the other detectives do not pay him any attention. Um, this movie was directed by Joel Schumacher and was released on February 26, 1993. It has a runtime of 1 hour and 53 minutes, and it is rated R. The cast includes Michael Douglas as Bill Defense Foster, Robert Duvall as Sergeant Martin Pendergrass, Barbara Hershey as Beth Trevino, Rachel Tycoten as Detective Sandra Torres, Tuesday Weld as Amanda Pendergrass, Frederick Forrest as Nick, Lois Smith as Foster's mother, Joey Hope Singer as Adele Foster Trevino, Michael Paul Chan as Mr. Lee, Raymond J. Barry as Captain Bill Yardley, D.W. Moffat as Detective Lyde Decker, Steve Park as Detective Brian, James Keene as Detective Keene, Marlo Thomas as KTLA reporter, Karina Aravgov as Angie, Brent Hickley as Rick, Dee Dee Pfeiffer as Sheila Folsom. Uh, some facts that I found on IMDb about this movie. Michael Douglas considers this to be one of his favorite performances of all the movies he's, he's been in. Every studio in Hollywood turned down Abby Rose Smith's script. Producer Arnold Copeland was getting to the stage of considering cable television when Michael Douglas came across the script and pronounced it was the best he ever read. The man who was yelling about being not economically viable in front of the bank is wearing the same clothes as Foster. Even the tie pattern is the same. Iron Maiden's song Man on the Edge is based on the movie. At the time of release, Michael Douglas's father, Kurt Douglas, considered this to be his son's best performance. The movie was shot on locations in Linwood, California, when the 1992 Los Angeles riots began. By April 30th, the riots were significantly disruptive to force and forced filming to stop early that day. Film crews produced more footage inside of a Warner Brothers studio in Burbank as the riots continued. By May 4th, when the crew intended to resume in Pasadena, initials requests were denied 
causing delays. The tensions around the riots was something that filmmakers deemed to have an effect on the finished film. Detective Brian, Steve Park, says that he can't translate Mr. Lee, Michael Paul Chan, because he is Japanese and Mr. Lee is Korean, when in real life, Park is South Korean and Chan is Chinese. Joe Schumacher envisioned his friend Michael Douglas in the lead role. However, Douglas planned to take a break from acting as he had done two films back-to-back and decided, desired to spend time with his family. Douglas agreed to read the script after Schumacher's urging and declared it one of the best he had ever read, taking the role immediately. The presence of such a popular actor as the lead allowed the film to get a much higher budget. Douglas, believing the film to be important, agreed to take a much lower salary so the film could, be, could have more money to be made. The opening sequence of the film in which Foster is stuck in traffic is a direct homage to Federico Fellini's famous opening to Eight and a Half from 1963. The two bags that Foster carry act as metaphors. The briefcase represents his responsible side. While the gym bag filled with guns represents his turn to disorganization and violence. He had the opportunity to give up one of the bags to the bum and he ultimately gives up his old life by giving up the briefcase. Bill Foster starts the film dressed in a simple white shirt and tie and black pants. By the climax of the film he's dressed in all black which serves as, as a metaphor for his dealing state of mind, declining state of mind. In the scene in which the drive-by crashes, there is a mural of the Hispanic depiction of Jesus on the wall. The same mural is also present in 1988's Colors, starring Robert Duvall as an LAPD cop. In the scene in which a police officer is played by Sean Penn spray paints a kid's face. In one scene, Foster, Michael Douglas, says golf courses are a waste of space and golf is an, is for old men with nothing better to do. Ironically, Douglas is an avid golfer in real life. Jack Nicholson, Ed Harris, Robert De Niro, Alec Baldwin, Jeff Bridges, Nick Nolte, Mel Gibson, Michael Keaton, Robin Williams, Harrison Ford, Dustin Hoffman, and Al Pacino were all considered for the role of defense. It was director Joel Schumacher's idea for the crew crew cut that Michael Douglas has in the movie. Combined with the glasses Michael uh, Michael Douglas wore, he was almost unrecognizable. The baseball bat and machine guns are the only weapons Bill Foster uses more than once. The stripper for Pendergrass, Robert Duvall, is named Susie. And when she starts dancing, somebody says, Susie Q, in reference to Creedence Clearwater Revival, also known as CER's song, used in Apocalypse Now, which also featured the vault as well as Frederick Forrest. Although screen legends Michael Douglas and Robert Duvall are, are the leads, they don't appear until the end of the film together on camera. To promote the release of Baby Got Back, Sir Mix-A-Lot Studio sent a giant 20-foot by 15-foot inflatable butt around the country in April of 1992. The same month this film began filming around L.A., the inflatable butt makes a cameo during the phone booth scene. Gene, Hacken, 
Gene Hackman, Walter Matthau, Sidney Poitier, Paul Newman, Jason Robards, and Jack Lemmon were all considered for the role of Lester Pendergrass. Foster's broken right spectacle on his glasses is in reference to 1971's Straw Dogs. During the Whammy Burger scene, Dee Dee Pfeiffer as Sheila had a hard time staying in character after Ben Foster pulls out the firearm, as his lines afterwards kept making her giggle and laugh. If one looks closely at her face, she's handing Rick the burger before the camera pans to Bill, talking to scared customers. You can see that she's smiling. The Whammy Burger scene was filmed in a restaurant called Angelo's Burgers, located in Linwood, California. It was dressed up to look like a fictional restaurant along the lines of McDonald's. The scene where Robert defends Foster by the snow globe was filmed next door to the Cobra Kai in the current 1984 as the Karate Kid. For awards, this movie won Best Motion Picture from the Edgar Allan Poe Awards in 1993. So, my review of the movie... Um, I remember seeing this years ago, and I always kind of agreed with it. Like, some of the things that happen in the movie, you're just kind of like, well, yeah, you know. Oh, I, you know, especially nowadays, when, you know, something that cost maybe a dollar five years ago is now three dollars. And I'm not saying I'm going to go on a rampage like Defense did, but... I totally understand why. And he, you know, he, he was just, you know, that bolt was getting loose and loose and all of a sudden it fell out and he snapped. But um, I give Falling Down uh, four out of five mugs. Definitely go check it out. It's available on all streaming platforms. It's on DVD, Blu-ray. Um definitely go check it out moving on to our next film we'll be discussing 2001's training day synopsis in los angeles a city where streets are overrun by drug dealers those who have sworn to uphold the law are breaking them clean breaking them to clean up the streets denzel washington plays lapd detective alonzo harris a veterans narcotics officer whose methods of enforcing the law are questionable if not corrupt. Training days follow Harris as he trains rookie Jake Holt over a 24-hour period. Ethical dilemmas arise and for Hoyt as well as the audience as questions present themselves as to whether or not Harris's methodology for riding the streets of South Central Los Angeles of drugs is right or wrong. This movie was directed by Antoine Fuqua and it was released on October 5th, 2001 with an R rating, and it has a runtime of two hours and two minutes. As for the cast, Denzel Washington plays Detective Alonzo Harris, Ethan Hawke as Officer Jake Holt, Scott Glenn as Roger, Eva Mendez as Sarah, Cliff Curtis as Smiley, Raymond Cruz as Sniper, Noel Gigalamani as Marino, Dr. Dre as Detective Paul, Peter Green as Detective Jeff, Nick Chunlin as Detective Tim, Jamie P. Gomez as 
Detective Mark, Snoop Dogg as Blue, Marcy Gray as Sandman's wife, Charlotte Ayala, Ayana as Lisa Holt, Harris Eulin as Detective Doug Rosali, Tom Berenger as Detective Stanley Stan Gruski, Raymond J. Berry as Captain Lou Jacobs, Samantha Esteban as Letty, C.D. Lopez as Dreamer, Rudy Perez as Pee-wee, Chilel Shahid Salone as Bone, Abel Sudo as Nito, Denzel Whitaker as Dimitri, Fran Kranz as College Driver, and Terry Crews as Pigeon Fleep. Facts found about this movie on IMDb. During the scene where Jake plays cards with the Latino gangsters, director Anton Fuqua gave certain instructions to the actors playing the gangsters without telling Ethan. Hawk, this is done to further confuse him and add tension to the scene. Denzel Washington has frequently said that Detective Alonzo Harris is his favorite character he's played. The line, King Kong ain't got shit on me, was ad-libbed by Denzel. T. Rogers, the founder of Black Pea Stones, Bloods, and Baldwin Village, a.k.a. the jungles in Los Angeles, was on set for all the filming in his neighborhood and allowed producers to use his neighborhood in exchange for casting gang members. About the casting of Ethan Hawke, Anton Fuqua said, There's something innocent about Ethan. He's such a nice guy. But there's something that's in his eyes that tell you he's seen something. When the movie came out, many viewers and critics were skeptical of the scenes where Jake Holt smokes marijuana laced with PSP. And Alonzo's explanation of how a cop who didn't take drugs offered him on the street would be ID'd as police and murdered. David Ayer responded in an interview by holding up a highlighted section of the LAPD's rules and regulations. It stated that officers were allowed to use narcotics in very specific undercover situations and hewed closely to what Alonzo told Jake. Toby McGuire was seriously considered for the part of Officer Jake Holt. He even followed undercover narcotics officers in Los Angeles for two months and gained weight for the role. He was dropped when Ethan Hawke, the director's first choice, was finally available for the shooting schedule. The coffee shop in the beginning of the movie, which is, incidentally, the first scene shot, is the same spot that was used in 1995-7 in the scene where Morgan Freeman meets Gwyneth Paltrow to talk. In the window of both movies, the writing reads, Quality Cafe. The Quality Cafe was also used in 2000's Gone in 60 Seconds. 2001's Ghost World, and 2002's Catch Me If You Can. This movie is unique in the Academy Awards history in that it's the only time an Af African-American, Denzel Washington, won Best Actor as directed by fellow African-American Antoine Fuqua. The word fuck is used 211 times. The license plate on Alonzo's car is ORP-967, a nod to Officer Rafael Perez, the disgraced LAPD police officer who was born in 1967 and on whom the character is based. Eminem was offered to play the role of a rookie cop, Jake Holt. The rapper turned it down due to the development of 8 Mile 2000 from 2002, and he had to stay available for that. 
Had he accepted the role, he would have shared screens with rappers Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, the latter which became Eminem's mentor. Instead, Ethan Hawke took the part and was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Eminem was nominated and won an Academy Award the following year for 8 Mile, 2002, in Best Original Song category for Lose Yourself. The original ending of the skip was Hoyt crashing the pad of Alonzo's girlfriend and find his training officer in the middle of a three-way with two young women. Holt shows him the money that Smiley was supposed to deliver to the Russians and tells him that there was a crew of hitmen looking all over for him. Alonzo would then commit suicide in front of Holt. Before Antoine Foucault was involved in the project, Davis Giggleheim was set to direct with Sam Jackson as Detective Sergeant Alonzo Harris and Matt Damon as rookie officer Jake Hoyt. When Denzel Washington accepted the role as Detective Sergeant Alonzo Harris, Guggenheim was replaced per his request. Jackson would later voice the character Officer Frank Tenpenny in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, also based on Rafael Perez. Bruce Willis was offered the role of Alonzo, but turned it down. He later worked with Anton Fuqua on Tears of the Sun in 2003. Mickey Rourke was Antoine Fuqua's first choice for the part of Roger. The studio turned down his request, though. Slee Sloan, the game technical advisor of the movie, managed to get on-screen real-life gang members from Roland 60's Crips, P.J. Watts' Crips, and B.P. Stone's Bloods. <clears throat> Mark Wahlberg was offered, was considered for the role of Jake Hoyt. Anton Fuqua says the production was a very intense period of his life. The location in South Central Los Angeles included some gang-infested neighborhoods, and Fuqua also went through some personal grief in the middle of shooting the film. After the film was re released, Fuqua needed to step away from it and didn't do much publicly. He attended the 58th Venice International Film Festival where the film premiered out of competition in 2001. The script for this movie was originally made in 1995. Um, as for awards that it's won, uh, at the 2002 Academy Awards, Denzel Washington won Best Actor in a Leading Role, and Ethan Hawke was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. At the 2002 Screen Actors Guild Awards, um... Denzel was a nominee for Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Leading Role, and Ethan Hawke was nominated for an Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Supporting Role. At the AFI Awards in 2002, Denzel won Actor of the Year Male Movies. At the All Deaf Movie Awards in 2006, Denzel won Best Mad Motherfucker Award and Training Day won Most Quoted Movie. But uh, it was nominated for Most Quoted Movie, but did not win. At the Almar Awards in 2002, they, uh, they won experience, Excellence in Makeup in Television and Film, Ken Diaz and Jay Wajib. And 
Eva Mendes was nominated for Out Supporting, Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture at the ASCAP Film and Music Television Awards in 2003. It won Most Performed Song in a Motion Picture, which was awarded to Nelly and Wael Yangham, Yangnim. At the Awards Circuit Community Awards, Denzel was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role, and Ethan Hawke was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. At the BET Awards in 2002, oh, never mind, that was for John Q. Uh, at the Black Reels Awards, it won Theatrical Best Actor Denzel Washington, Theatrical Best Director Anton Fuqua, Best Film Poster, and Best Film. And then it was nominated for Best Soundtrack and Best Song. At the BMI Film and TV Awards, Mark Mancina won. At the Boston Society of Film Critics Awards, Denzel won Best Actor. At the Chicago Film Critics Association's Award, Denzel was nominated for Best Actor. At the Dallas-Fort Worth Film Critics Association's Award, Denzel was nominated for Best Actor. At the 2002 Golden Globes, uh, Denzel was nominated for Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. At the Golden Schmoes Award in 2001, Denzel was nominated for Best Actor of the Year. Il Festival Nezijinal Del Dopajijo Voki Nel Ombre Awards 2002. Um, it won the Audience Award for Best Male Voice, Francesco Panafino. And it won. It also won the Film Award for the same award. At the Image Awards, it won Denzel won Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture, and it was nominated for Outstanding Motion Picture. Kansas City Film Critics Awards, Denzel won Best Actor. At the 2002 MTV and Movie Awards, Denzel won Best Villain. Snoop Dogg won Best Cameo. And Denzel was nominated for Best Line. At the MTV Video Music Awards, the best, it was nom Nelly was nominated for Best Video from a Film for Nelly Number One. So, that's the wrap-up on Training Day. I give it four out of five mugs. I enjoy this movie. It's a very dark, gritty movie. Not like horror film, but like police crime along those lines. Um, the twist, as the movie goes on, you start to see how Alonzo really is. You know, he seems like a badass, you know. 
take charge kind of guy. But then as the movie progresses, you realize you're not really following the book, not really, you know, he's kind of doing his own thing, him and his, his crew. So that wraps up training day and falling down. Um, for my movie pick of the week, I am going to have to go with, I'm going to go with Celtic Pride. Celtic Pride is about two overloyal Celtic fans who kidnap their opponent's star player in order to guarantee their team a championship. Uh, this movie stars Damon Wayans, Daniel Stern, Dan Aykroyd, Gail O'Grady, Uh, it was written by Judd Apatow and Colin Quinn, and it was directed by Tom DiCario. Some of these names are hard to pronounce, but, uh, it's a very funny movie, especially if you're from Boston, you understand what they're going through. So, check it out. I believe it's on most streaming sites. But I say for now, the bar is closed. Uh, thank you for listening. You can follow us and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at the Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. And get official Movie Bar shirts at www.bonfire.com/store/moviebarpodcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and please let us know what you want to hear from us. Contact us via our social media or email us at themoviebarredoutlook.com. Also be on the lookout for the Hunter Cast coming in the next week or so. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share it with your friends, spread the word. We're just average movie fans that love movies and want to talk to you guys about movies. So if you're interested in coming on, send us an email. We'll work something out. Thank you for listening and have a great day.